strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I am your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking the time to join us. As we talk about the Sport of Kings, we're almost a week in the books, the history books, that is, and the Kentucky Derby 136 is over. 155,000-plus screaming fans on hand, plus the throngs of millions, millions and millions and millions out on TV land. The ratings were up. The handle was up. Everything was perfect except for the weather. And you get to watch Super Saver march into the history books. Super Saver, our man, Calvin Burrell, winner of the last three of the last four derbies. Todd Bletcher is off of the schneid. He was over 24 coming in, but that was over nine derbies. So I, I don't know how you're going to factor this one out. You can't say it's his 25th turn. I actually, I guess in a sense it is, and in a sense it's not. But... This would be his 10th Derby time of entering, and he gets it done. Todd, I'm not going to do this crazy math. It's like Chinese math backwards. It doesn't make sense. You are the winner, my friend. And the best part about it, he's not a better trainer last Saturday than he was two weeks ago. He just has a Kentucky Derby win to his credit. He is an incredible trainer, incredible rider. Everything was wonderful except for the day, the rain spitting down, Gavin Bow Rail, and only had to go around one horse, top of the lane. Incredible. We'll get into all that. Derby 136 is behind us. Winning Ponies was there all weekend. Not only did they have some sweet payoffs at Churchill, but all over, we'll get into that in just a bit. I got to tease you a little bit with this one because I'm paying heed. I'm drawing a bead on it. The exotic predictions are paying $3 million plus. That's in dollars for the year thus far. And we're just into May and still growing. It's never too late to get in. And the second leg of the Triple Crown is a little more than a week away. Not less than, a little more than a week away, about eight days and counting. Go to Preakness.com and take a look at their site. It's even just like the Derby. It's got the uh, days, hours, minutes, seconds. All that good jazz has all the pretenders and contenders, the undercard, everything that is going on that is Preakness. But the Triple Crown, the Triple Crown is the place that our men from Winning Ponies actually put it all together. It's always a good time. I mean, I, I, have, I have a hard time saying that you wouldn't enjoy yourself. In 2000. In eight, Preakness paid a whopping eleven one thousand one ninety two thirty for a buck. Now listen to this. This could be you. This is Donald S. from Springfield, Massachusetts. Thanks again for the great Preakness. Hit the exact ten times. Wow. And a $2 super. It's nice watching your picks come down the stretch in front. 
Keep up the great work. Thanks, Donald S. Two for two, and it keeps getting better for me. It started on April Fool's Day. That's my buddy's birthday. Then the Derby, and now the Preakness. He signed for more than $4,000 by playing these three days, not including the days that he came out ahead, according to Glenn H. from Spring Hill, Florida. I'm liking the sounds of it. Check it out. Easy to use, economical. Just don't take it from me. Check it out yourself because that is what real handicappers do. Take a look at the testimonials, the homepage. Take a look at the predictions, the prediction ticker, where it's actually at this year. It's not too late to get in the game. What's happening tonight? We got ourselves a recap of the big weekend, and I'm talking about Derby 136. We're going to talk some biggins. In segment number two, yep, that is where we have our special guest of the week. This week we have chart caller, daily race form columnist, past stakes coordinator, calls races, one hell of a handicapper, and a guy that I call my friend Mr. John McDoolin. We're also going to call in, name from the past, big call in from Pistol Pete, one of the best handicappers that I know, emphatic about the game, voice of the river. Love when Pete calls in. Tailing right off of John McDoolin. Got the Ohio Brothers. Almost sounds like a, like a band that played back in the 70s. But these guys know their action. But let's jump out to the biggins here. We're going to zap that out real quick to you because I'd like to keep you up to speed and let you know what you're missing. Friday, April 30th, 120 total biggins leading the pack. Prairie Meadows Race 2, Super Vector Key. $3,900. Very nice. PRM. Saturday, May 1st, Derby Day, 171 total biggins. Leading the pack. Nope, wasn't the Kentucky Derby. Hastings Park, race four, Superfecta, 27,265.50. There were plenty of payoffs out there on that day. Sunday, May 2nd, 101 total biggins. Sun Ray, race number four, a Superfecta, 3,055.20. Monday, May 3rd, 37 total biggins. Delaware Park, race two, Superfecta, 2,952.80. Tuesday, May 4th, 40 total biggins. And you're saying, well, how come there's not so many total biggins? Well, there's not so many total tracks running. Fairmount Park, Superfecta key, 2,086.20. And then we go into Wednesday, May 5th, 45 total biggins. Will Rogers Downs, race three, Superfecta, 31,462.60. Thursday, May 6th, 42 total biggins. Hey, that's today. And they're still racing out there. It could grow. Churchill Downs leads the pack right now. Race number seven, Super Key, 3,964 even. you got to love that. If you don't love that, you don't like anything. And I am telling you what, that was some good shooting there. Talking about some good shooting, let's do a little recap of last week's action here to kind of get you up in a bit. Churchill Downs race number six, the eight bells of grade three, seven and a half on the dirt. Sloppy seal winner is the one. Buckle up, Buttercup. Julian Lepreux in the irons winning by six and a quarter length, swung five wide. Serves in the drive, 1780 to win for Eddie Keneally. These guys team up better than bread and butter. Race number seven at Churchill Downs, Churchill Distaff, grade two, a mile on the turf, 
yielding winner, the Deuce Fola. Ramon Dominguez in the Irons wins by a length and a quarter. Settled down six wide, run driving under the hot hand of Ramon Dominguez. 1544, Todd Pletcher. Hmm. Little shade of things to come. I think it's called foreshadowing. Race eight, Churchill Downs, Humanitas to have grade one. Seven on the dirt, $300,000 up for grabs. Winner is Mona de Mama. Joel Rosario wins by three quarters of a length. Eight wide and wears them down, down the lane, 1920 to win for John Sadler. Nice race. I, I, I really did like that runner. Churchill Downs stakes grade two in race number nine, seven on the dirt, $250,000 up for grabs. Winners the nine out of boy Roy, Calvin Borrell in the saddle. Talk about foreshadowing. Sprinter sprinted clear and just last at 22-20 for Valerie Lund. Very nice indeed. Race number 10, the Woodford Reserve Classic, a grade one, a mile and eighth on the turf. Winners the Deuce General Quarters. Rafael Bejarano wins by a neck. Fod Gamely all out, heading to the Arlington Million for Thomas McCarthy, who was the one-man band, which means he had one horse last year. And that was general quarters, and he was heading derby-bound. It was a great story, feel-good story of the year. Principal with one horse in his barn, retired principal, gets the job done. But, hey, a year later, he's in the winner's circle. Kentucky Derby presented by Yum Brands, a grade one, a mile and a quarter on the dirt. Race 11 for the Churchill car, $2 million up for grabs. Winner is the four super saver, Calvin Burrell. Two and a half lengths came in at the rail. He stayed on the hedge all the way around. Not the hedge, but the rail. The hedge is for the turf. He could stay anywhere. This guy, his, his left boot must have been hanging over the rail. You know, just getting a little shine as he's uh, just breezing on by. He only had to go around one runner. Super saver, Calvin Burrell wins by two and a half lengths. Stays up close. Fast closing icebox, Jose Lescano. I said in my blog, there was only 19 other reasons that, kept, uh, that icebox would be kept out of the winner's circle. It wasn't Jose Lescano running picture perfect. Came flying from dead last after steady blocked. And multiple times steadied. Icebox had to go around 19 others. Those are the 19 reasons. Finishing third is the 10 Patio Prado Kenta Sormoni Irons. Made a very nice run there. Swerved out. Uh, ran, ran a beautiful third. Finishing out the Superfecta was the 9 Make Music for Me. Joel Rosario finishing fourth. 30 to 1. Pinch back. 8 wide in the run. I think Make Music for Me might be one to be reckoned with down the line. Super Saver paying $18,886. Second is the two Icebox, $1128. Third is the 10 Patio Prado, $740 to show. $2 pick three, $5,726.20. The Oaks Woodford Derby Triple, $755.80. The $2 pick four, $73,752. The pick six, $52,898.40. The two dollar double two and four two ninety four eighty. The Oaks Derby double fifty six sixty. Two dollar exacta four and two one fifty two forty. Oh my goodness! The two dollar super. Listen to this four two ten nine two hundred two thousand five hundred sixty nine dollars and twenty cents. Two dollar super high five. Four two ten nine and three. I guess there's no takers. 
Nobody could take down the five. No kidding. Carryover, 147, 147,000, that is. Two dollar try was four, two, and ten, two thousand, three thirty-seven, forty. Have to say I didn't have the try or the super, but I did have a very nice exacta box. Took the three horses that actually ran and worked over a sloppy going. And that would be Super Saver Icebox and looking at Lucky. And we're going to be talking about that here even more. It is time to head out to our first break. And when we return, we're going to be talking to a man of racing, a man that I call my friend, Mr. John Patrick McDillon. And you're only going to get it if you stay tuned here on Winning Ponies. Well, I'm walking to the room. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar, double round the crown, and everybody. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Entrepreneurial Insights is your weekly excursion into the world of business ownership. Presented by Sunbelt Business Brokers, the leading business brokerage and intermediary firm in the world, Entrepreneurial Insights will examine critical issues that impact both existing and prospective business owners. If you own or want to own a small business, listen for Entrepreneurial Insights with John Davies, Pino Boccinello, and Matt Ottaway. Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Rolling, Dion, keep it rolling. And welcome back once again, and thank you for taking the time to tune in and be with us. It is second segment, and that's where we have our special guest of the week. This week is no different. Joining us as our special guest of the week is a man of racing, Equibase Chart Caller, Daily Racing Forum columnist, race caller, Past stakes coordinator and one of the best handicappers I know, Mr. John Patrick McDoolin. Good evening, Mac. How you doing? Doing good, Ed. How you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, you know, uh, 136 is in the books. I mean, Kentucky Derby 136. I mean, right. we start building about January, and uh, it, it's just kind of a, a giant climax, a horse racing climax, and we're all right there, and it's in the books, and uh, everybody has a thought and feelings about it. You writing for the Daily Racing Forum, and you know, and and you're a very respected handicapper by many. What were your feelings on uh, this year's Derby? You know, my big thing is, you know, this twenty horse stuff has got to end. I mean, you know, there's just too many horses. There's so many of them that don't belong, and they just mess it up. For you know, it's been a while since I, I think anyway since the best horses won. It's just a matter of, you know, it's racing luck, which you know, you don't mind racing luck in a twelve horse field when it's twenty. And there are a lot of horses that don't belong. You know, that's another story. I was talking to the guys that, that actually, I, I was at River Downs, and, and the guy I work with, Arnie Metz, went down and, and took the call at the Derby. And I, and I think there were like eight horses that pulled up. Well, I mean, or eased, you know, not pulled up, not, not like they were vanned off, but eight of them were eased. Well, that, that tells me that, you know, only 12 of them should have been running. If, if they can't go a mile and a quarter, then, don't, you know, don't put them out there just to clog up for the rest of the field. You know, you, you, you alluded to Arnie. You guys make quite a quite a tandem at uh, River Downs, and I believe you work together uh, sporadically at Beulah and, and other places uh, throughout the course of the year. But uh, River Downs is uh, the place you call home. And you know, no matter where, what what level track it is, River Downs a uh, small to medium level track. But you know, it's so important that an Equibase chart caller have his facts and his, uh, his records in order, because that's what many people are actually wagering with the next time out. Yeah, almost everybody. I mean, between the, between the Equibase program and the racing form, I mean, the racing form buys our information, so you know, the Equibase chart callers are the one watching it, and, you know, at different tracks you know, are different guys, and they try to put uh, you know, quality people at the good tracks, and then they're, you know, they're guys like Arnie and I who, I mean, we live here, so Equibase has offered me the job pretty much every circuit there is. And I've got kid I had kids at the time, and now I've got grandkids. And I, you know, there's no place I'd rather be. I, you know, I could go to Southern California, I could go to Chicago, I could go to New York, I could go to well, Florida. Florida's the one place I ever told him if you if you get the circuit in Florida, let me know, and I'll have to think about it. But <laughs> Grandpa, I mean, there's no other place I'd rather be. So. <laughs> Johnny, what what is uh, what is the most historic hysterical not historical hysterical comment line? Now you, you see a lot here. You know, swerve wide, evenly wide, lost ground. What is something that sticks out in your mind? Could I personally have it put or? Oh no 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 no! Uh, that anyone out there in the business could have put down. 
I don't know. The, the guy, the, his name is Bobby, uh, Bobby something. He, he's a Mountaineer. I don't know if you've ever read their comments. But, the, I mean, that guy tries to write a book. You only get 22 letters. I mean, that, that's what a lot of people don't understand. The short comment, you only get 22, you know, spaces to make your comment. So, you know, it, there's a lot of stuff you can put. And uh, uh, one of my one of my favorite all time that drew a lot of laughs was, uh, I don't know, it was probably seven or eight years ago at River Downs. There was a guy that came up from uh, from Louisiana, a Cajun guy came up and he rode, and it was pretty evident that it, to me anyway um, that he was riding and he was using a buzzer. And the guy, <laughs> I know that you love the riders, man. I, I, <laughs> well, I know it, that's a subset you know, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, it is what it is, and I hate to say that, but anyway, the, the guy rode the horse in, into the stretch, and the horse just fell over and died, and my comment was, electrocuted. <laughs> and, well, I knew the horse would never run again, and so, you know, it wouldn't I, I didn't think program. <laughs> electrocuted. <laughs> the state put him to death. <laughs> But my buzzer, you know, Mac, that is the best thing that I enjoy whenever we we talk horses because, as you said, you never sugarcoat it. Now, that's for the listeners out there. But Mac has a way of just putting things in perspective that uh, very few actually would do. And, uh, you know, this is like uh, HBO, Mac. You can say whatever's on your mind. and and that I I just did. I mean, (laughs) I, I definitely love it. And, you know, I want your nickels, your nickels worth on on jockeys. Nah, you don't. You know, you know better than that, Ed. You don't want my nickels worth on jockeys. <laughs> I couldn't even bait you into that one. Well, I, in my in my humble opinion, they should take monk. They should train monkeys how to ride horses, and just how to whip them in the stretch, and they should put monkeys on them, and I would feel much better betting horses. <laughs> That's all I can say Trust about that. me, I mean that is, that is the clean version. Back yeah. speaking about one of, in my opinion, one of one of the most exciting rides that I've seen in in the last couple of years. Burrell <laughs> goes three for four, winning derbies. Uh, Pletcher gets his first; he's off the schneid. And Burrell, it, it seems like like he's got a swagger to him now. He's not that humble Cajun guy with the tears in his eyes anymore. He seems to have a little bit of a of a confident swagger. Yeah, he's never been a humble guy. He, he's, you know, I, you know, I, I don't want to demean the guy or anything. There's been, you know, how the racetrack is. You hear a million rumors. I, there, there's been two or three people that I've known at the racetrack, and you hear the rumor they're dead, and then you see him like a week later. And, and I mean, you know, that, that's just the way rumors are around the racetrack. <laughs> Little but, Mark Twain there. It's been exaggerated greatly. The uh, the word yeah, of my demise. Like yeah. Exactly, and, and I mean that seriously has happened like two or three times. I'm like, you know, I mean that's just the way rumors are. But you know, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody. But you know, he, he's not one of my favorite people of all time. And well, he's a jockey, so that's a good start. So you know, that's you know, Mac, it, it, if if I wasn't hearing this, I definitely would not be talking to you. And uh, you know, you're a horse racing fan, but yet you call it the way you see it. I I like that. And another guy who called it the way he saw it, and he called it from TV, was Stan Bergstein. I don't know if you had the opportunity. We, we chatted offline. You've got enough to do on your plate, and, and uh, just sitting around reading the computer is probably not one of them. Stan Bergstein uh, writes for the DRF, and uh, his bi-weekly column, uh, you know, 
I really enjoyed it over the years. Uh, he's getting up there, and but still, I mean, he's articulate. He's well spoken. He's exciting, and and I love reading. You know, his handiwork and. He gives two thumbs down for Burrell's ride. I mean, aside from personal opinions on riders, objectively take, take Burrell's ride in, in the Derby. He says he struck him 14 times with a stick down the lane, eight times within the eighth bowl. He feels it's no big deal about his rail-hugging rides. And, and if, if everyone could do it, you know, or everyone can do it, well, Mac, if everyone can do it, why don't they? And then he finishes up his article, and then I'll let you, you give us your full thoughts on this. He ends his article up with asking PETA and the SPCA what they thought about oh, Calvin Burrell. Well, that's the last thing we need is PETA and the SPCA. I mean, if you go on the backside of any racetrack, you'll see that horses are treated by far, every one of them, better than the people that take care of horses take care of them. Uh, I mean, the grooms and the people that work, you know, they live in dorms. They, they basically live in jail cells. I mean, they're little eight by eight rooms with a, a single light bulb in them. And if they're lucky, they've got a, they've got an air conditioner in the window, you know, and, and these horses get bathed every day. They, they, they run every day. They can go, you know, I mean, they get everything in the world. And, and if, you know, I, I watched it, you mentioned that earlier and I went and watched it. He might have hit him 14 times, but half of those, he was hitting him on the shoulder. He was just trying to get him to change leads, which if I bet on the horse, which I did, I mean, I, you know, I would want him to hit the horse as many times as he needed to hit him to win the race. I mean, you know, it's a Kentucky Derby. Uh, as we said, there's, you know, 100,000 people watching. Uh, all the noise from all those people, it's a three-year-old horse. It hasn't been through anything like that. You have to keep his attention and – I mean, if I bet the horse, I wouldn't want him to ride it any other way. I mean, you know, yeah, I guess he, you know, that's that's the thing about racing. And, and you find out is, is people that don't have the winning horse want to complain. And the people that do have the winning horse think it's the greatest thing in the world. And it's, you know, and for somebody to write something like that, just because they didn't have the winning horse to me is, you know, bull crap. Can I say yeah. bull crap, Ed? Yes, you can, Mac. And, oh, you know, I just did. So. Yeah, you know what? I, I like it. And I was a little disheartened with his article. He calls himself the old tree hugger. I think the tree fell on him. And, and you know what? Hopefully it's just this one article because I really enjoy his handiwork. I mean, you'll see it in the daily racing form, which you scan every single day. You know, as you alluded to, SPCA and PETA, if they only had a fuller understanding that the horses are treated better than the people – and Burrell, if you strike a horse too hard, sometimes a three-year-old colt would just throw in the town and say, hey, that's it, boys, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. And they'll go backwards, and, and they don't respond actively to it. Pete Aiello calls it the encourager. And, you exactly. know, and, and I think it's a kind way of, of just, you know, keeping their attention. There's 155,000 screaming people for the first time in his career. And, and he's on top, and he's in the slump. I think Burrell rode, uh, rode a picture-perfect ride. He only had to go around one horse the entire way. Yeah. I mean, he, he kept he, it's keeping his uh, attention on business. I mean, that's the whole thing, you know. Like you said, a young horse like that and running down the stretch with all those people, you know, it's easy for him when he gets in front to, you know, just kind of, you know, want to enjoy the view, and you, you can't let him enjoy the view. Now, like I said, when you bet on him, you don't want him to enjoy the view. If, if you don't bet on him, then... I mean, it's the it's the same thing at every racetrack that um, 
when uh, guys are losing, all oh, the track surface is terrible, and this is wrong, and that's wrong, and you know, and, and when the guys are winning, everything, you know, it's the greatest place in the world. It's just, it's just the way it is. That's just the way horse racing is with the owners and trainers and betters, and you know, sometimes it, the it, media it, even. Yeah, yeah, with everybody. I mean, if, exactly. if you have a winning ticket, it was the greatest thing ever. And if you didn't, then you make up some excuse to, you know, complain about something. And I almost said bitch, Ed, but I wouldn't do that. That's okay. I, you, know, I, you know, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> In fact, it wouldn't be you if we weren't hearing it. The big wager on Kentucky Derby Day in addition to such a wonderful card and, and a, a plethora and a cornucopia of wagers was the 25-cent Fortune 6 at Beulah Park, generating a pool in excess of a million dollars. You know, I know a small group who wagered $500 plus. I know a very heady gambler who we're going to speak to who put together a very nice ticket. But you only put together a measly $48 ticket against so-called mega cappers out there across the nation chasing the prize. How did you do for the Fortune 6? I did all right. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not going to let you off with that one. How did you do, Mac? I I had the Fortune Six, and and you know it, it was great to have the Fortune Six. But the even better thing was um, the, the editor at the forum called me early in the day, and he said, "Can we go over this real quick?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." So he asked me about a horse that uh, Gennaro Garcia trained that had had run on the twenty seventh, and this was on the first. So there wasn't even a, a uh, buyer figure in the forum for the horse because it had run back so quick. And he said, what do you think about this? I said, you got to use it. This guy's been on fire. I don't know where he came from or what his story is, but he's been winning races like crazy up there. And uh, he said, what about the last race? And I said, well, two horses I like, like I wrote in the article, were Catch, Launch, and Try, You went, you Met. And he said, well, Try, You Met, Scratch. I said, yeah, I know. So I said, I'm going to use uh, Royal Nemesis. And he said, oh, you, you really like that horse? I said, yeah. I said, you know, he, he ran second in this race last year, and he's been at Tampa, and horses that come from Tampa do really well. So anyway, the bottom line is a, a group of editors at the forum bet the race, and they threw that horse in in the last leg because I told them to, and they also hit it. So that, that worked out well. It paid 3700 for a quarter, and like you said, I had a $48 ticket. So, you know, I, I was, it, it was a good day. It was a very nice day. You know, and, and right after the race, I didn't see you, so I couldn't hit you up for uh, a couple cold beers or even a $10 bill. So now I know why you stayed away. So, But other than that, Mac, you know, congratulations, because after that, it's only one of the many times that you're going to strike uh, lightning or lightning strikes for you, I should say, uh, during the year. Mac, on a little bit more of a serious note, Ohio Racing, Horseman, and the anticipation of alternative gaming, can you kind of give us a glimpse of what's happening in the Buckeye State yeah, um, uh, Jack, uh, the River Downs management wanted to, wanted to uh, run less days. They wanted to run 80 days. And the horsemen, you know, the, I, I think the horsemen would have run a little bit less, but a tenth of the way he put it was, well, if, uh, if we run less days, then we won't punish you for going to other places and run. But if we, you know, if, if we do run 100 days, then we're going to have to do that. And and that's, you know, try, when you negotiate, telling people you're going to punish them one way or not punish them the other is not really a, a good carrot to hang out there. And um, what it ended up, the horsemen were worried um, if they gave up days this year, they wouldn't get them back next. And as you know, uh, the uh, slots are on the ballot 
with the lottery, the VLTs, video lottery terminals are on the ballot in uh, November, and, you know, that's a pretty sure thing to pass. So they didn't want to give up days and then not be able to get them back next year. So they kind of said, okay, we'll suck it up and run for these low purses and these short fields this year, but then next year we won't have to worry about, you know, going back to 80 days. We'll, we'll still have our 104. I think River Downs has, has to run 122 unless they get an agreement from the horsemen. So I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe next year we'll run 122 if we have the video lottery terminals, and maybe we'll have that fall meet, which I always love that fall meet. I, I don't think you were there yet, but had like a 20-day fall meet in the month of October, and that was always really, really nice. The weather was nice. A lot of nice turf racing, a lot of lot of big fields. It was it was a lot of fun. I agree. I was not there, but I used to come over and play it. And yeah. uh, I agree, there were some tremendous races. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was the best of Iowa once held there at, during that time? Yes, it was. Yep. So uh, you know, I do I do remember that, and uh, it was uh, some of the uh, the bigger guys from Thistledowns uh, at the time, and uh, Beulah Park even had a going back how far Beulah Park had a turf course then. Matt, yeah. you watch River Downs daily. There's two guys that I uh, that I consult with yourself and Pete Aiello, and uh, and I I want to know your your ins and outs. What should we be looking for from the river this summer? Do we play speed? Do we play uh, closers? Or or is there a trainer or rider we should be watching? Uh, you know, Joe Woodard has won. Uh, he won the title at Turfway last year. Then he won both titles here, and I believe he won the fall meet at Turfway again, and then he won the meet at Beulah. And so I would look for him and Billy Hayes to uh, send out a lot of winners this summer. Charlie Lawson lost to uh, Woodard by a couple of winners, one or two winners at, at uh, Beulah. And so Charlie's always, you know, he's he's always trying. Those two guys, I mean, you, you, you pretty much know if they send out a horse, they're trying to win. And so, you know, you're not going to get a good price on them that much. Um, Doug Cowan's another guy, a lot of first-time starters, a lot of Ohio breads he'll come out with. He's winning at a huge I think he's like 45% or something. Um, and and the, the weather seems to me that the same as it's been. I've been betting at River Downs for the last 40 years, and I'm 48 years old. So um, it's the same thing. When it rains, you know, when it, when it doesn't rain, the track gets, you know, kind of uh, sandy and, and powdery. And um, so courses from off of it do well, and then it'll rain, and the track will tighten up. And then once it rains and, and the track is sloppy or it has just rained, anything that goes to the front will win every race of the day. And then it's, it'll start, you know, when it starts drying out, and then it just becomes, you know, it's like a big circle. It's like a big cycle. They go from front runners when it rains and then it dries out. The horse is from just off the pace. And then when it totally dries out, it's closer. So it just keeps going in that big circle all year. And turf racing, they always close? Yeah, turf racing. If you get if you get a race on the turf, if you're lucky enough to get a race on the turf, um, you know it plays pretty fair. They're, they're you know, I can't remember. It's been a while since a horse from way back won a turf race, but you know, usually in the first five, you know, going into the far turn, um, you know, we'll get there. So. So, so stalkers versus many other tracks where uh, they come from dead out of it, out of the clouds. So stalkers, if you're within five lengths, uh, you, you're you're a pretty good play. Exactly. 
Mac, I am so happy that you've actually just held your tongue and you did not speak candidly and, uh, you know, you just kind of held it back. And as always, it is a true pleasure. On behalf of Wooding Ponies, we'd like to thank you, and I'd like to thank you uh, for talking horses. It, it is always a pleasure. Uh, you know, we're going to get you back on and because I'm going to pinch you whatever it takes or I'll threaten you that, that I'll come up and bother you and get you back on. And as always, I enjoy talking to you about the Sport of Kings. And best of luck to you, and I'll see you at the races tomorrow, Mac. All right, Ed. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Thank you, Mac. John McDillon man of racing <laughs> and he just tells it the way it is well it's time to head into a break when we return we got a man online and he'll tell it the way it is because he'll give out more winners than the law allows mr pete ilo pistol pete ilo that is and you only get it here on winning ponies The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Mm-hmm. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Host Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking time to be with us each and every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, depending on which side of the coast you live on. Sounds like I don't know where I'm at, but I hope you kind of got Mac John P. McDool, and I call him Mac. Uh, his insights are always colorful, and he's very direct. In his speech, he doesn't uh, mince words. That you can never mistake. But joining us now, and we're glad to have him back in the air, we're definitely glad to have him back at the river, is one pistol, Pete Ilo. Pete, are you there? Yes, sir. I am very glad to hear you, and welcome back up to the river. Uh, this past winter, you, were, uh, you weren't on the shelf by any means. You were working at another racetrack down south. The world's most beautiful race course, as it's printed on my business card, Hylia Park in South Florida. How did you like it? It was definitely an experience. You know, it's great to see um, baby steps at first, you know, with the, the grand reopening, and they've been dormant since 2001. So now the framework's been laid out for us legislatively and uh, got a long road to hoe and an expensive road to hoe, but luckily I'm not paying the bills. <laughs> but you had a good man in charge, and he also hired you, and it seemed like each and every time I talked to you, your title got bigger and bigger. Yeah, it was a uh, running joke, you know, what, how are you going to get promoted this week? Uh, you know, it was just kind of, uh, a lot of it was by chance, as a lot of that stuff ends up being. But, uh, you know, they realized they had a little bit more to bargain with with me, and uh, uh, horse racing, and especially horse racing at Hialeah, holds a real big place in my heart, so I gave them 110% all the time, and they took 110% and wanted 20 more, which, you know, <laughs> can't really complain about that. That's an advantageous position to be in. Yes, it is. And uh, having you on uh, staff, they, they had an energetic young man who loves racing, eats, breathes, and sleeps. It, uh, by no means is it just a hobby or something that you uh, clock in 9 to 5 and can't wait to leave. Pete, the Fortune 6 at Beulah Park uh, this meet was met with great anticipation, and, uh, and it was uh, spoke about in the highest regards from Andy Byer. I don't know if you had a chance to read that. I did, actually. I read it this morning. I printed it for everybody that works in our racing office at River. Half of them are Beulah employees, so wanted to make sure they knew that they were getting their their due from Mr. Byer. Wasn't that cool, though? I mean, uh, you know, it talked about it being innovative. uh, You know, and I like it at the end. It says, you know, Beulah's experience should be instructive. A track can succeed without high-quality racing product. It can succeed without a large fan base. All it needs is a little imagination. You know, and that's a lot of, you know, a lot, a lot of what, um, you know, as a player and, uh, you know, growing up in the business, so to speak, you, you, you kind of get the feel for that, at least, you know, and I know, I know that at Hialeah I've talked with uh, John Brunetti, our owner, and kind of of the opinion that um, a lot of times the product is somewhat secondary to the way it's framed, you know, where, um, you know, no disrespect to some of the bigger circuits, but they are billed as the bigger circuit. Um, and when you get right down to it with field size and winning favorites and percentages are like that, if they weren't billed as world-class and weren't looked at through the customer's eyes as world-class, they would be, you know, just as uh, uh, struggling just as much as a lot of other places. So a lot of it's how the, you know, the betting public perceives the racing quality and, you know, 
for example, like Evangeline Downs. Nobody, nobody, um, you know, wants to sit here and tell you that Evangeline Downs is world class racing. But at the same time, a lot of betters, you know, veteran and not otherwise, will say, "Well, I like to play Evangeline Downs because they got 14 in every race." I'm not of that school because I don't care if there's one or 50. If I can't pick the winner, it's no good to me. <laughs> right. You know, Pete, but. Day in and day out. Uh, yesterday, uh, or not yet, was it yesterday or was it two days ago? Two days ago, we sat down and we had a bite to eat, and uh, and I gave you one of the most heartfelt compliments, which was actually the truth be told. You're one of the best handicappers that I know in day in and day out, and and you do your toiling uh, at the windows on some of the smaller circuits. Well, you know, they always called me. Uh, I used to be the king of the nighttime tracks, you know, the traditional cheaper tracks, and now they just call me Catfish Pete because I'm a bottom feeder. I just kind of suck along whatever's at the bottom, and um, I'm a big, big proponent of reading into the condition books and, and getting an edge from condition lines and, and company lines, and, and it seems to work a lot better, that style of handicapping for the cheaper type races uh, than it does for the, uh, for the bigger circuits. You know, I've always looked for a nickname. Can I call you Catfish from now on? Well, you've been trying everything else out, so uh, I guess we're just going to have to roll with that for a while. We'll, we'll let that one go until I find something better. Peter, we have a great wager, the Ohio Pick 4. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about the who, what, when, where, and why of this wager, and it kicks off, uh, well, it begins again tomorrow with Ohio Racing uh, at the River and Thistle card. Uh, so give us a little bit of who, what, when, where, and why, and then the rubber meets the road, and it's time to handicap. Well, you know, the Ohio Pick 4, it's um, something that uh, a lot of the industry has already done. We're kind of a little slow to the get on that stuff, but uh, it is a 50-cent minimum wager. Uh, but one thing that's kind of unique about it, and personally and me, uh, myself, I like gimmicky-type bets like this. It's probably the only Pick 4 that you can play on a routine basis that's two races from one track and two races from another. Um, I used to love when they used to have the gimmicky Pick 3s with one race from three different tracks, and it kind of... Uh, it weeds out the guys, like you said, that are maybe are the casual players. You know, they'll play the ticket, but, you know, the guys that are students of the game kind of have an upper upper advantage on that. Um, so you get two races from Thistledown and two races from Riverdowns each day. Um, and, uh, you know, for a 50-cent wager, we're, we're trying to uh, generate some more interest in the pick four. We actually have brought the pick four back to the Ohio racing scene. We discontinued it uh, after two seasons ago. No, no pick four last year. And by popular demand, you know, better is... Uh, and I said, well, we, we enjoyed the pick four, and, and so we brought it back for them. Rightfully so. Every track, and how can every track in the nation be wrong? Big, small, and in between, uh, they all have pick fours, and the, they have a wagering menu that is just vast and long, wide. And I, I love the pick four, and, and I think, as you said, you're getting two and two. So if you don't like, if you're not a thistle strong hand in your river or vice versa, you have, you know, your strengths and weaknesses there. In, uh, at, at River Downs, there can even be some turf racing mixed into, into it. And there, there's always some cheap claimers, which, uh, which always, and maiden claimers on the cheap end that can always uh, yield some value. Pete, tomorrow, 11th race, uh, we go 11, 12, 13, 14, and it kicks off at 425 Eastern time. Is there any way that we can get you to maybe handicap the Ohio Pick 4 for us? Absolutely. I was, uh, you called me earlier. I was given another once over and, uh, I initially looked at it and said, Oh, this is uh, going to be a very chalky sequence. And I think when you get right down to it, betters listening out there, you just kind of have to take a stand in one of the races and try to beat the other favorites. It's just, that's going to be the way uh, you're going to make any money on this deal. If it runs, uh, 
AAA, as they say, then, you, you know, it's not going to pay anything anyway, so you're not, no use crying over that. Um, the first leg, actually, from Thistledown, it's a non-winners in two years for 3500 at the bottom of the barrel for Thistledown. Uh, they're going to go a flat mile in there, and I actually think that if you're going to get some separation, you can do it early on. Uh, this race has got a variety of different angles you can use. The morning line favorite of the race is the four-horse Packer. Now, Packer's coming in from the Big A at Aqueduct, but uh, if you look at his running lines, he's done nothing but falter in his last, I don't know, eight or nine races. The last race that you can go back to that was even somewhat respectable was last June at Penn National. He was running for a similar condition at Penn National, non-winners in two years, finished an even fourth in there. So if this horse, in fact, goes off as the betting favorite, I'll be taking a stand against. Uh, the circuit switch is huge. He does have some recency, and I think, in this, especially in this field, recency might be important. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, a couple of horses deep in here. The three-horse True Pat, uh, Platinum uh, for trainer Tony Reaney. I like horses like this. Late up since December. Brought him back at Thistledown going 5 eight. It was just a leg him up. Let's see what we got kind of run. Uh, the horse got beat five lengths. Stretches back out. Uh, the stretch-out speed angle should hold. This is a horse that uh, knocked heads against similar last year at Thistledown uh, with a, a, a matted amount of early speed. And in this race, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of speed in the race. Maybe this horse can go gate to wire, but I'm by no means singling this horse. Uh, I'm going to go deep. I'm going to use a bomb, number six, another tail uh, for the Ben Moomaw barn. This horse is coming in from Mountaineer. Looks very similar to the four horse coming in from another circuit and really has shown very little lately. Uh, but the difference for me is the 10 to 1 on the morning line versus 8 to 5. So uh, I'm going to go uh, a couple horses deep. I even give the one horse Kwame a shot. Uh, this is a horse that's coming over from Mountaineer, takes the drop in class. Um, looked like he was actually rounding into form, has been laid up since December uh, with two recent drills at Mountaineer, so maybe this horse can be long. Uh, Kenneth Denoth will ride at 10-1. to He's been riding fairly well on long-shot horses. Okay, so um, we got the 1, 3, and 6. So we're, uh, we're booking that up right now. Right yeah, and I've got to tell you, if you're going to go, I don't know what the budgets are of some of the folks out there, but uh, the 7-horse uh, might be tossed in there, Starship Dancer. This is a horse that's third off the layoff. An angle I always liked. He was quick back two weeks back uh, last time out, losing to a horse uh, named Lord Carmen, who was a well-met winner from Charlie Lawson's stable that day. So that horse, again, uh, relatively fresh face and a stale bunch type deal where a lot of these horses, uh, they're not winners in two years for a reason. And, in fact, they are. So we're going to take a one three six seven, move on to the 12th race at the River, 446 Eastern time here. Can they beat the chalk? I don't think so. Um, I, I, I would strongly uh, advise those who want to wager on this sequence to make sure to get the scratches. Uh, in all likelihood, Joe Woodard's only going to run one half of the entry. Now, I will say that whichever half he runs um, is definitely the horse to beat in the race. But in a strange twist of fate, the horse that looks better on paper, the one horse, Cape Hatchet, who's riding a five-race win streak, I actually would be a little more concerned about singling the, uh, this horse if he's the one that runs as opposed to the 1A one more week. So uh, one more week, uh, as John McDoolan touched on earlier, the rain, rain track at River Downs was very, very deep and very, very slow the first week of racing. And then you go look at one more week's race. He went 22-1 and one to the quarter, the half at 45, and finished up at 13-1, and one, winning by two and a half. That was literally, guys, three seconds faster on the win end than any horse ran all opening week. The opening quarter in 22-1 and one was two and a half seconds faster 
for that day than any other horse ran all day long. So here's a horse uh, that ran lights out last time at River Downs. Uh, the horse that finished third in their doll gone it came back and freaked next time, winning by 13, earning a 97 buyer fig. So this horse, one more week, he is definitely the play of the meet so far. Um, and when you get right down to it, Ed, you look at the horses, uh, like the four-horse Berkey's Pride. He did need that last race. He looked like a tired racehorse. But the horse that he lost to, Napoleon J, was a non-winners of the year Ohio-bred horse. Um, you know, so given the circumstance, do I gonna, am I going to take Woodard at 4-5 to five, or am I going to take, say, Larry Smith at 5-2? to two? In this particular contest, I'm going to go with the Woodard horse. Now, um, you know, the, the, the racing form comes up with the tiered tickets. I'm a big proponent of tiered tickets. If you are tiering your tickets, definitely include number four, Berkey's Pride, and also include the five-horse, Flashing Flame. Now, this guy, trainer of this horse, uh, Billy Allstadt, he's not lost a race yet at River Downs. He's only started two horses. One of them he started twice, uh, and he's not, wild, not lost one yet. Uh, this is a horse that made a River Downs debut last time in from Delaware and absolutely romped, uh, came back right back at Turfway, winning easily, then ran into a tough field of wide-open nickel claimers at Turfway. Something probably met him, went amiss there, has had a steady stream of works for the return, and Andre Sanchez, He's been riding everything for this guy. He has the call 8-1. to one. So if you want to play beat the favorite, my recommendation is not the second choice to do so, though I do think you need to use him. I like the five-horse flashing flame at 8-1 to one if you're going to play against the shot. Okay, Pete, we got about two more minutes, so we got to fire up here, race 13 and 14. 13 at Thistle, 5.07 Eastern time. Non-winners are two nickel-bred Ohio horses. Uh, the three-horse Habahart is a stake winner. Uh, dropping in for the nickel, as is number eight, uh, Fred's my friend. They're both stake winners. They look like the class in the field. Maybe toss in Jeff Radosevich off the shelf, three, six, eight, and be done with it. Uh, the 14th and final on the program, nine winners are two in two years, going uh, a mile at River Downs. Uh, this is a very interesting class. I like the four horse quite a bit in here, Lena's Cowboy Dallas. Uh, this horse is uh, coming in from Suffolk Downs, had to start at Beulah. Look at those fractions, 22-4, and 46-4, and four, going two turns at Beulah. Ran absolutely excellent, ran down, uh, or was run down by a classy horse named Jazzy Gallup. If he clears today on the race, he won't need the 46-4 and four, half mile. If he gets it uh, and gets his, his way, he could be gone anyway. All in all, 7-2 on the morning line. Look for the full horse in the nightcap to be razor tough. Liking it. Pistol Pete Aiello dealing right off with the Ohio pick for a 50-cent wager. It's uh, definitely uh, the way to go, isn't it, Pete? You know, it is. And then, you know, a lot of times, guys, you know, the, the, my biggest advice in Ohio is just play it day in and day out. You'll get your underlays, but you'll also get your overlays. Another thing to pay attention to just real quick is that our morning line maker, Bruce Battaglia, he's been outsmarting the public quite a bit, myself included. Uh, I kind of tend to go by Bruce's morning line as a, as a judge as to what the public will do. Uh, a lot of times lately, though, Bruce has been right on with who he likes to win the race kind of thing, making horses 8-5 to five on the morning line. They win, they pay $11, and then you feel silly for not having them. So just go with your gut. A lot of the races at River Downs, if you hunt through the condition book and you figure out uh, you know, the different class levels of the four claimers and things like that, it's definitely a place you can make money. Well, Pete, as always, it's a pleasure to hear from you. I know we're going to be looking forward to hoping, hoping that you'll be checking in with us with Horses to Play. Thanks, my friend. I definitely owe you, and we'll be listening for you at the river. That sounds good. I'll be, uh, I'll be back when mule season starts. We'll get some winning mules for you. You got it. Thanks, Pete. 
Take well, care. time flies when you're talking thoroughbred racing and winning ponies. I'd like to thank Mr. John McDowell and our special guest and Pistol Pete Aiello calling in and giving out some winners in the Ohio Pick 4, and especially you for tuning in. So until next week, his 136 Kentucky Derby is in the books, and we now will be pressing towards the Preakness next week. May all of your winners be many, and your photos be few. Good luck. And good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.